0: All right, social media family, thank you for joining us once again. Now, we are going to have a different study tonight. Now, we are still on the topic of grace. You know, we, we never really escaped that topic, but we're going to mm. focus on some specific questions tonight. And we will try to pick up a lesson six in a couple weeks. But I wanted us to kind of just look at the scriptures and. Try to find some answers to some questions that a lot of us deal with, right? Now, let's go to one that we talked about just before starting the stream tonight. Like, can you have faith and unbelief? Can you have faith and unbelief at the same time? Because some people say, well, if you got faith, then there is no unbelief, right? But is that really true to what the scriptures say? So let's go to Mark 9. Let's Mark chapter 9. let start at verse 15. We're going to go down to verse 24. And I'm reading the New Living Translation. says. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about? Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, teacher, I brought my son so that you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth. And grinds his teeth and becomes rigid so I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit but they couldn't do it Jesus said to them you faithless people how long must I be with you how long must I put up with you bring the boy to me verse 20 so they brought the boy but when the evil spirit saw Jesus it threw the child into a violent convulsion And he fell to the ground wrothing and foaming at the mouth how long has this been happening jesus asked the boy's father he replied since he was a little boy the spirit often throws him into the fire and the water trying to kill him have mercy on us and help us if you can what do you mean if i can jesus asked anything is possible if a person believes verse 24. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Now, you see something here, right in verse 24. The father says, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Now, obviously, if the father didn't have any type of hope, would well, he have came to Jesus in the first place? No. But now, his father is facing some, some challenges, though. Mm. Right? Because think about it. He's been dealing with his son with this issue for years. He's seen it over and over again. This same challenge. this this torment that his son has been dealing with now he took the boy to the disciples but when the disciples prayed when they tried to deal with this demon what happened
1: he didn't respond like was, they anticipated okay he, so, yeah he had a reaction again
0: all right so there wasn't there there wasn't a manifestation when the disciples couldn't cast him out. Because in the Amplified Classic, it says, I think, verse 18, it says, the Father was like, I asked your disciples to drive it out, and they were not able to do it. Mm. So the Father has a history of seeing his son in his torment. He went to the disciples they couldn't see the manifestation when they tried to drive the spirit out. So there's this contradiction. There's Mm -hmm. something in in his natural world that's that's telling him, your son is not getting better.
1: And may I add one other thing? Mm -hmm. Uh, the other thing that I was thinking of is, we know um, in Matthew, That early on in the, I think it's in Matthew. Early on in the ministry, Jesus had already commanded the disciples to cast out demons, and they'd done it successfully. They were excited when they came back to him. So obviously, they were seeing it happen in their ministry. So that must have added more confusion to the whole thing because they were so sure that it was going to be the same. Something went different.
0: Right, right. So. Now, you know, the, the father is is dealing with some, some challenges of seeing his son being in this condition for years. Hmm. And then think about the disciples in this situation. Just like you said, they have seen some success in casting out demons before. But coming against this, this spirit with, with this boy, they didn't see the same results.
2: Hmm.
0: So imagine what they were wrestling with. Right?
1: Confusion at best.
0: <laughs> but I'm looking at verse 24, but before we go there, looking at verse 19 again. Now Jesus himself says, and in the King James it says, He answering him and saith, Oh, faithless generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And the new living translation says you faithless people. How long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me.
2: That seems so harsh to me,
0: (laughs) you know, like Jesus is really
2: being harsh and, um, think i don't like that side of jesus <laughs> you know sometimes like certain times and certain scriptures it's hard to hear to hear that tone you know what i mean mm-hmm.
1: um well here's the question i have with that verse as well is faithless I, I don't know if you've had the chance to to check out that word i i haven't um you know in the original is it faithless oh i did it okay just heard something that that resonated with us for the first time Um, faithless faith is a gift from the Lord for those who are in him as part of the fruit of the Spirit right so would would he call them faithless because he hasn't died yet I mean particularly if we're talking about the disciples because the disciples should have it as a gift. So is the, would it really be the word faithless or is non-believing or unbelieving? I, I, you know what I'm saying? I, it's confusing, it's the language that's confusing me. But then I did just hear a talk as I was coming here, I'm just remembering, that talked about faithful, stressing the end of the word, faithful, as in full of faith, versus faith less being faith being lessened it's a little bit different context than right. than the way we interpret well let's
0: look at I, the context. I don't know all of that so the context because obviously like we talked about previously jesus had commissioned them to cast out demons mm-hmm. right Luke 10 19 says I've given you power over serpents and scorpions and over all the power the enemy possesses. So he commissioned them yeah. to do this. So they, so they, under Jesus' authority, the power to cast out devils was, was theirs. But now you said something important. Now I just pulled up the New American Standard Version and it doesn't say faithless there. He uses the word unbelieving.
1: It does okay
0: unbelieving right and if i look at i'm looking at strong's definition here it says disbelieving that is without christian faith untrustworthy that believe if not faithless incredible thing right and I, if i look at thayer's definition and you see the word in number three it says unbelieving again, without trust in god hmm. right so you just look at you thinking about that whole scenario the disciples, they come up, they come up against mm. some sort of manifestation that for whatever reason, it is provoking what unbelief,
2: mm.
0: right? So. We could look at this and say, maybe they tried to operate in the same same manner that they had in casting out demons before. But with this particular situation, with this boy, there was a different response. Now let's look at it again, because even... When they brought the boy to Jesus in verse 20. I'm going to read verse 20 again. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion. Mm. And he fell to the ground, breathing and foaming at the mouth. So there was a response.
1: Mm. Before Jesus said anything.
0: anything. Now, Assuming that this happened when the disciples tried to cast the demon out, if they had never seen that before.
1: Mm. It's very Mm -hmm. easy to get shaken when you see things. It just is. I know they were much more practiced at at, uh, having a positive uh, manifestation, Mm -hmm. but we're still all human. (laughs) Right. The physical really can shake you mm-hmm.
0: and it's like and if you've seen anyone have a seizure you know it's, it's scary mm. right so just imagine seeing that in front of you you're attempting to operate in faith cast out the devil and you get the exact opposite response that you're believing for mm mm-hmm this is what the disciples are continuing hmm. and if they had never seen that before you can imagine that unbelief rising up why because of what their natural eyes can see because yeah. it's the exact opposite of what they were expecting
1: if they had just persevered in faith it would have probably been all over it's just the last saber-rattling of of the demons to get them broken.
0: That's what I can say. Because if, if the spirit responded like that when they when he saw Jesus, imagine how he was going to test the design of Jesus. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. Back to verse 19 for just one moment, if I may. Um, I was thinking... You could, I think, some of it is cultural. Those those statements that he's making and and seeing it as harsh, because I was just thinking, um, it's possible. I mean, we don't know because we can't hear the Lord's voice in how he's saying mm-hmm. it. You know, he does say, "Faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you?" And I'm thinking. Um, you know, those could be almost questions of um, I don't want to say desperation because that's not the right word. but um of realizing his time on earth was very limited, and he needed for them to get it. He needed for them to to realize that he was going to continue in them and and uh, and have, his work manifested through them as people and he realized that they didn't understand he wasn't going to be around to to clean up the messes so to speak anymore physically so you know in some ways it it sounds like a parent comment to me not as a mean comment but something a parent would say like you know honey i can't be um with you forever to tie your shoelaces you just got to do it you know how to do it. We practiced it. You just gotta take the time and really make it happen. And how long shall I bear with you? You know, he said that, um, you know, he bears our heavy load, but we do have a responsibility in it. So he can't be picking up our responsibility. We have to we have to own our responsibility and he'll come along beside us with that. Um, because he knew he was going back to the father and that it was gonna be his spirit in us and we would have to learn how to walk by the Spirit and not feel alone that's kind of what I'm wrestling with so that's that's
2: that's why it's very
1: poignant to me is a you know really trusting that the Holy Spirit is is everything that it is heaven in you and and you have
2: the whole gift immediately whether you feel it or not whether you see it or not so to go to Uh, verse 23 anything is possible if a person believes and then we also read in other scriptures that if you only had a mustard seed of faith that um it would be enough to move a mountain right Mm. um so i guess and, you, and that analogy that you made, if you have faith and it's one horse pulling you this way, but then you have another horse pulling you the other way, which is just dis- unbelief, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, then, so is it a matter of like just continuing, persevering in um, just like stating the faith words over and over and over again, whenever the unbelief comes, I, I mean, because we read that anything is possible if a person believes, right? And mm. I mean, in when like, let's say I'm trying to achieve something or get somewhere and I have this belief, but then once the obstacles come in the way, you get discouragement, let's say. Mm. Um, so I guess then your belief is diminishing and so in in your experience with it over this weekend with all those healings was the experience kind of like them saying that even in the midst of like no matter how long the healing wasn't manifesting because i'm sure it didn't like happen just like boom okay i'm healed yes yay i'm healed that it was for some of them it didn't even appear that it was being healing like and yeah so, but they i have mean to the testimony is that many people
1: have gone for quite a long Years. time with yeah. that manifestation yeah um and a uh, a lot of the testimony that i heard was um, um they really had to let go of worrying about whether it was going to manifest or not and just get close with the Lord, get an intimate relationship with him, get to know him and focus on him through his word and then believe his word, actually know and believe the word and take it at face value. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That, I mean, those were the two key things that threaded through mm-hmm. everything.
0: Because I, I get the image of, you know, you sowing a seed in the ground, right? Yeah. Now, If I stand there, and just look at the ground.
1: (laughs) How soon are you going to see something? (laughs)
0: How, how, you know, you'll see weeds before you see anything. (laughs) If I expect to see a flower tomorrow.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: And I stay there all night. I'm going to be disappointed. Mm. Right.
1: And you will see weeds grow up first. I've learned that one too. (laughs) Right.
0: Now. If my expectation is to see the flower, but I'm sitting there and I'm seeing little dandelions and little, 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 little weeds crab pop grass. Out, <laughs> crab grass and stuff, but I don't see what I planted. Yeah. How easy is it for me to get discouraged?
1: Mm.
0: But that's the whole And assume purpose. it died. And that's the whole purpose of the weeds,
2: mm-hmm.
0: to serve as a means of discouragement, distraction, mm. to get you to do what? walk away, give to wait, up. To, to quit on what you believe for,
1: right? So with the believe in and unbelieving, in, um, in this talk that I listened to from Andrew Womack, he said he, he had some andeology, <laughs> um, which didn't necessarily have a, a scripture to back it up, as something that he's observed through the years, which was really helpful because it sort of boiled it down a little bit. Um, they said there's three three areas where he's seen unbelief primarily grow up and and um, one is simply people don't know the truth and that's easy to fix because you teach them the truth the second one is they've had wrong teaching and then you have to erase the the wrong teaching and teach them the truth so still fairly simple procedure they said the third one is the hard part and that's natural unbelief and that's like these people seeing something natural happen that is um, against the manifestation, looks opposite from the manifestation that you want, like the weeds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the hardest one because it's basically a battle of our flesh versus our spirit, and you have to choose. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's exactly what they were dealing with here. Yeah. That's exactly what they were dealing with here. Because they saw the exact opposite of what they were believing for.
1: Yeah. Now, and they didn't really know the truth yet.
0: Let's do Matthew thirteen. Matthew thirteen. I'm we'll gonna start at verse eighteen. So we can't talk about faith and unbelief without talking and go into the parable of the sower
1: mm-hmm.
0: all right verse 18 in new living, living translation says now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts so the seed is planted but there's no understanding so if if you could you could be taught a scriptural principle given the word but if you don't understand it if there's no like no understanding
2: mm-hmm.
0: then it's easier easy for you to lose that like how many times have people have we gone to a church service, listened to a sermon, but didn't really understand anything that was being proclaimed. Mm-hmm. Right. So in those circumstances, there may have been a, a valuable nugget, a seed that was that was available, but we didn't understand it. So obviously it doesn't have a chance to grow
1: says that's the majority of the world really isn't it the unbelieving world is they they don't have a they don't have a foothold yet.
0: Now Let us look at verse 20. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. Mm-hmm they fall away as soon as they have problems or persecuted for believing God's word. Okay, now this person, now the seed is received, right? And there's joy attached to that, living receiving the seed. But it says, don't last long. They fall away as soon as problems come or they are persecuted for believing God's word so now I'm going to read that in the, in the Amplified. it says yet he has no substantial root in himself but is only temporary and when pressure or persecution comes because of the word immediately he stumbles and falls away hmm. abandoning the one who is the source of salvation okay now Thinking back to this situation with the boy. Mm. Now, obviously, Mm. when Jesus gave that initial commission to cast out demons, if they saw those those manifestations quickly,
1: they would have been all over it. They were
0: used to seeing manifestation quick. Mm. But now they come up against this circumstance where they come up to do business as usual but this spirit responds differently
1: Hmm.
0: they see the exact opposite so there's pressure there there's pressure being placed on what they believe because they're seeing the contradiction in front of their very eyes i
1: think this one also you know it talks about stony places and whenever i think whenever i see stone i think law and a, and legalism and i wonder if that wasn't part of the problem as well is again they had they had worked a method they were used to a method working out and when the method didn't look i mean when the the reality didn't turn out to look like their method like what they were expecting should happen every single time then, unbelief started to come in. That's good,
0: because the law is. Very, and the
1: law is like that. It's
0: very rigid and formulaic.
1: And Causes all about effect. what we're doing.
0: Cause and effect. I do this.
1: I get that. I get that. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. And you can you can see how if that's what their thinking was. But they don't they're get really disappointed one plus one <laughs> equals three instead yeah. of two. That's messing your
2: head up. Like, hold
0: on, <laughs> Uh This is not supposed to be happening.
1: Yeah.
0: So I like that. That's real good. That's real good because the the law is very rigid, and this is going to get into what we're going to talk about next time. Yes. In a couple weeks. Yeah. Right. How rigid and strict the law is
1: and it's all about us so it melts down our tolerance very quickly as well we get embarrassed we get flustered we get all about oh no what are they going to think about me now
0: and I think this is what this is how we you know those of us who were connected with what they call the word of faith movement movement right uh, where you you know you you you're taught to confess the word and believe for God's promises right where you can get into a place where you 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 turn that the principle of confession the principle of 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 trusting in God's word and speaking it out of your mouth you turn it into a formula uh, you think, okay, if I confess the word fifty times or a hundred times, then I'm gonna see manifestation, and it's gonna come x this way, x y z way.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But when I become married to a process, then I am not trusting in the promise or the promise giver anymore. That's it, right there. My focus is on the process and the formula, and not
1: mm-hmm.
0: the Lord, the person. And not what he said, trusting in what what he has. Because I can use a map to try to get the point from point A to point B.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But if road, if the the highway that I'm going on has an accident, is blocked, then I'm stuck. I don't know where to go. But if I got my GPS.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: When that rolled like the is Holy there, Spirit. <laughs> he can guide me around that. To go I just rampant. had that
1: picture image on the road home because we had that happen exactly. <laughs> there was a major accident, right? Thirty minutes before we got home. And and it was gonna take us an extra thirty minutes. And and the Lord just revealed to me, My Holy Spirit is like a GPS. You know, when you get stuck, he's the one that'll lead you on the different path that'll get you home on time.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's that's right. That's cool. But some of us are stuck on that map. So that's how yeah. Because if you you're stuck on that map, one one accident, one and construction, one, one construction, you know, construction uh, blockage, mm. you are done. Mm. I much rather had a GPS. <laughs> Because, he, you know, he, I, I might not go the way that I thought I was going to go, but I'm going to get to my destination.
1: I do best when I have both, actually. <laughs> I need a mental picture. And that's what I feel like the word is for us. It is a mental picture. It It is a, a picture book for us, like a map would be. A map is another kind of picture. So if, we, if we're building on the map and we're moving in the spirit, We've got the best of all things, really, because, you, you know, that that map is still working in you. And, you know, when GPS conks out or when it's taken you the wrong way and you're suddenly landing up at the dump instead of at the place you're supposed to be, which I've had people have that happen, too. So
0: yeah, that's <laughs> real that myself. That's real this is how that's that's an illustration of us trying to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. But maybe we miss it. Maybe we're hearing something else, but that map can keep us on point, mm. just like the principles of God's word. So I can me me having familiarity and understanding of what the layout of the land is. The map is giving me the ability to better interpret what the GPS is telling me to do.
1: I think I think that's it. Yeah.
0: So. We don't throw away the word we don't throw away the law so to speak mm. but we don't live by it mm. and, and we don't live by it in the sense that we place our trust in our ability to follow it
1: that, yeah that's it or that, that we know it all the depth of it
0: exactly because i'm gonna tell you <laughs>
1: mm.
0: the, the more you grow in the word the more you realize there's so much more to it just keeps going
2: and, and it's a way, the Word is a way to check back and make sure that it is the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Because if it's something that... Um, Testing the spirits, right? Right. Well, if it's something that, that doesn't align with the Word, then it's probably not of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. If it don't align with the Word, you can guarantee it's not mm-hmm. aligned up with the Holy Spirit. It, but if it, you it. don't know
1: the Word, you don't know
0: that. Exactly. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's good.
0: Looking at verse 23, no 22, in the New Living says, And the seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the words of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced.
2: So it sounds like in verse 21, it's more a matter of being discouraged. You know, problems come and your faith is shaken because of the problems or the persecution. And in 22, it sounds like your faith becomes ineffectual because because you, you start worshiping other gods like wealth and things like that. Just gets crowded out,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, it was twenty three. Can manifest itself in different ways, and and you know, and get to the point where, like you said, where it becomes where the things of this life can become a an idol, mm-hmm. right? And just thinking about the picture, you know, of the crabgrass, mm-hmm. right? The dandelion, oh. all these weeds,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Is that these things are like crowning up. The space, Mm. and my my focus gets on all this other stuff instead of the seed that has been planted. Mm -hmm. And I can get to a place where I didn't forget that I've actually sown some seed in the ground. Yeah, because all my attention is is on the crabgrass. That's right. So really, we could look at it as adversity, adversity slash persecution versus distraction. And both are a way or methods of diluting our faith, allowing unbelief to come in to make the word unfruitful.
2: Hmm.
0: And then we have verse 23. And the seed that fell on good soil Hmm. represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. And you, you made reference earlier to the, the verse that said, it talks about if you had a faith, the size of a mustard seed, that's like the smallest seed you can sow. Mm. But if it's placed in good soil, what's going to happen? It grows large. It's going to create a mighty harvest. Yeah. So it's not so much about how much have, how much faith we have. Mm. It's about guarding our hearts from unbelief. Yeah. Protecting that soil. That's the real issue.
1: Seems like the tribulation and persecution, we don't have very much control over. We just need for our root to go deep with Jesus. But the cares of this world, the deceitfulness, we do have an awful lot of control over that and how much we let in and how much we're around it all the time.
0: That's good. Yeah. And just and staying with the whole farming thing, mm. the farmer doesn't necessarily, they don't have control over whether it rains or not, whether there's a thunderstorm or not that's right so that that or the temperatures the the weather but they do have control over what else is going on in this what else is going on in that soil though yeah Going back to verse 2, Mark 9, 23. Jesus responds to the father of the boy and says, what do you mean if I can? Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, He rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of this, this child and never enter him again. Verse 26. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, Why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? Jesus replied, This kind can be cast out only by prayer. other translations, like the King James says, prayer and fasting.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, wait a minute, there's more.
0: (laughs) Now, some of the confusion comes in because some people would think he's talking about a a, a particular class of spirit.
1: Mm.
0: But what are we really talking about here? He's talking about belief, unbelief. Because regardless of what class of spirit, Jesus already commissioned the disciples, commissioned his body. When he said, I have given you power to tread over serpents, scorpions, and all the power of the enemy possesses. Mm-hmm. He didn't say some; He said all the power of the enemy possesses. And so that's every demon. Many means hurt you. Because was there a class of demon that Jesus couldn't overcome? Yeah. Absolutely not. He's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So every every spirit has to bow to knee to the authority of Jesus today.
2: Yeah.
0: And that's the that's the authority we've been given to operate in. But see the things that we see in this life, all the, the challenges, the adversities, just like in this situation, they will talk back to you.
2: Hmm.
0: And if we are not in a lifestyle of prayer and fasting, that unbelief is gonna have an opportunity to grow, especially when we see this stuff.
1: So prayer and fasting, what did, what does that mean? I mean, I know we can take the words very, very literally, and, mm-hmm. and I think there is a place for that. Um, but I think it, it it's maybe bigger than that, because I, I remember back, oh boy, references again. I think it's Isaiah, the end of Isaiah, talking about fasting. And fasting like looked really different from what everybody said. I, fasting should look like. I
0: think I What did it I, I
1: wish I knew <laughs> which chapter I'm going to. I know I've read it. Hey,
0: let
1: me go to chapter 58. 58? Isaiah, Isaiah 58. Yep, that's it. Let's right. See, this is where I want to go. I don't know if I can find it fast. Alright.
0: I'm gonna start at verse one. Okay. All right, so Shout with the voice of triumph of a trumpet blast shout aloud. Don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn about me. They act like a righteous nation. They would never abandon the laws of, of this God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near to me. We have, ad- we have fasted before you. They say, why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves that you don't even notice. I tell you why, I respond. It's because you are fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds, bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ash. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No, this is the kind of fast I want. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned, lighten the burden of those who work for you, let the oppressed go free, and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry, give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Now you see the, the, the Lord is rebuking the hypocrisy. Of religious activity and not walking in love of most your own people. Mm. right? And Jesus said in himself love is the fulfillment of the law in mm. the prophets. And the hypocrisy of the religious activity is being rebuked here. Now, not to say that fasting from food is not necessary that's not what he's saying here
1: no it's not
0: because those are time there are times for that and there's benefit to that but he said specifically
2: yeah
0: i tell you why i respond it's because you're fasting to please yourselves even while you fast you keep oppressing your workers and then he goes on You're fasting to please yourselves. So, fasting to look pious, to fulfill a religious requirement,
1: to get something
0: like a law. Right. Mm. The motive is off.
1: Well, what I'm seeing, you know, from six and seven, where he's saying to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free to break every yoke, to share your bread with the hungry, to bring your to your house the poor who are cast out, um, to cover the naked one, uh, and not hide yourself from your own flesh, meaning I'm assuming family and people near you. In other words, don't isolate. Right. Uh, it was suddenly a, a thought, I hope from the Lord, <laughs> that, that actually is the deep root of skipping a meal or doing what we call fasting you know that's the deep root of it it's it's going out on the limb trusting the lord with your entire life even to your own discomfort and believing that as you share out in love with other people beyond what you think is comfortable he'll meet your need he'll just be there and he will take care of it all. That's good. And that would be the deep root. Rather than the shallow root that doesn't manage, what, tribulation and persecution. Because it just gets too hard.
0: That's good. It's Matthew seven twelve, the golden rule. It says, do unto others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets.
1: Uh, what's the reference to that again?
0: Matthew 7 12. got a YouTube comment It says Joseph Prince mentioned grace is not a doctrine or a complement of faith. Grace is a person, it is mm. Christ. Right. And there's, there's something to, you know, continue to keep in mind we talk about grace and you know obviously you go to bible school or whatever you know you you do bible studies you go to a christian bookstore and you see you might see grace mm-hmm. in a section yeah. right and it, it and it can be portrayed as a doctrine but it's so much more than that mm-hmm. All right? It, it 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 is a person it is well, Lord. It's like
1: when it's like, we say the word, the word. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just has popped out to me, that when we say the Word, that's Jesus. We have the written pages which point us to Him, but to actually get the Word in our heart is to go so much deeper than, not out of the written Word, but to actually experience Him personally in the relationship, through the Word, in agreement with the Word that's written.
0: So when I do actually read the written word, and I have that type of, of mindset, mm. I can receive so much more from it. Because I'm not reading that Encyclopedia Britannica. Right. I'm not reading, you know- Shallow the New, facts. The New York Post. You know, I'm, I, am, I am reading what our Lord, mm. the creator of heaven and earth has, has said about, to me and about the story of humanity. Mm. Awesome. So that, when I'm reading it from that perspective, my expectation is a whole lot broader yeah. and I have a, a greater appreciation for what I'm reading. Everybody else gonna, they they going to be mad. They missed some good stuff tonight.
1: <laughs> they can go back. Yeah. We all have they the app now. The app. <laughs> I don't have the app. Oh, you got to get you the app. You never
0: sent me the information. Don't forget to. Okay. Well, yeah, I sent it to you again because we had some trouble the last time. That's what happened. Oh. Mm. Getting it downloaded. That's all. Okay. <laughs> Since we in Isaiah fifty-eight, I'm gonna throw a question out. There. Okay. Okay. What does it mean to keep the Sabbath? Hmm.
2: Is there a specific
0: scripture you're looking at? Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go there yet, though. I'm just gonna ask the question. Oh, first. okay. <laughs> <laughs> no we, hints. We're we gonna stay in verse fifty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> Let me chapter fifty-eight anyway. So what does that mean, keep the Sabbath? I know some of us have heard that, Mm -hmm. right? So what does that mean for us?
2: I think it means setting aside your busyness to actually be with God, to communicate with God, to, to just remove yourself from the world for that time. and keep something holy so you're dedicating that time and that space to allowing the lord to come in and be being with the lord rather than working or you know listening to music or whatever kind of like opening up that space so god can communicate with you the holy spirit can communicate with you because the Holy Spirit can't if everything's busy and noisy and you're in motion and mm-hmm. news and you know all these distractions of the world so to me it's it would mean setting aside the world and just keeping quiet and being with God
1: like Mary did with Jesus yeah his feet the other thing that comes to my mind because I've, I've thought about this some too is um, you know, God set up the Sabbath because he was done with his work and then entered into the Sabbath. And in Hebrews, then, it talks about the Sabbath rest. And so it, it seems to me it's when you stop striving. And, and the stepping stone would be what you're talking about, but it would be... Um, reaching the place where we stop striving and trying to get it ourselves and just lay it down before the Lord and believe that His finished work is enough to meet the need in whatever we're doing, whatever issue we're dealing with. Okay.
0: Because by doing that, as Tina was saying, aren't we acting like spiritual weed killers? Hmm. Did I say that? <laughs> Did. <laughs> I just, I just, That's like, cool. Spiritual
1: weed killers. Yeah. <laughs> mean, that like, goes back to our garden again. <laughs> like that
2: spiritual stuff.
0: Like, like, like you know, thing, distractions, things that are. Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh the, the, the weeds. Yeah. The weeds keep, is the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right.
1: The things that grow up faster so than what. Those Our humans. flower was sometimes looking for.
2: I got it. Yeah. That's good.
0: Okay. Now I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in this, though. I want you to I want us to kind of look at this. All right, we're going to go to Isaiah 58. We're going to stay here. Let's read verses 13 and 14. Alright. It says, keep this Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath. And speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Mm. Honor the Sabbath and Sabbath and everything that you do. Oh, you do on that day. And don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor Jacob. I the Lord have spoken. Okay? Now that in mind. Let's go to Romans 14. Verse 5 and 6. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor Him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. Now, is there any contradiction Chapter 58, 13 and 14 and we'll be reading here in Romans 14.
2: It kind of sounds like everybody needs that for different people. Some things are acceptable maybe for one person that the other person doesn't think is acceptable for them. And that they need to kind of follow their own conscience in relation to that, right? That's what I'm getting out of it. Like if you think, if, if, if you're being led to not, to eat only vegetables, then you should only do that. If, if you're supposed to keep this day holy and you feel led to do that, then that's what you need to do. But not to impose it on anybody else and to also uh, respect what other people are doing. Did you all? Well, the
1: opposite of that would be the verse that says that if there's unbelief, then there's sin. Mm-hmm. Involved. What what is that verse? Same <laughs> chapter. Same chapter. Oh, mm-hmm. There you go. Just, just for
0: the law. It is verse
2: 20, It sounds like it sounds like oh, it's okay. really oh. the antithesis of the law in those um, scriptures.
0: because people, you know, you can get real divisive about the whole Sabbath issue, Mm.
2: right?
0: Because you have individuals that, you know, they are convinced that we should keep Saturday Mm. as that day of rest in, in, you know, in in line with the Old Testament pattern, right? But then you have, and and they will call anybody that, that worships on a Sunday And cause that a Sabbath, they they would rebuke that as being pagan, Mm
2: -hmm. demonic, Mm -hmm -hmm. right?
0: And then there, you know, and folks that'll say the exact opposite. And then there's this infighting over which particular day to choose. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, what fruitfulness is there in that? Because at the end of the day, what represents our Sabbath rest today is Jesus himself. Yeah, He's my Sabbath rest. Yeah, I get to rest because of his work. So regardless of what day is set aside for me to kind of step away from the cares of, the, of this life, at the end of the day, he is my Sabbath rest. It is.
1: Well, and we know that days and seasons and times were set up for this physical world. That's not the spiritual. So if we're really entering the rest of the Lord, we're gonna be thinking on a different web, uh, a different um, wavelength than, than about what day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, times and seasons. Because it's spiritual. It starts with the Lord whose
0: spirit. And even when I get that picture of Jesus being the Sabbath, it, it transforms how I'm reading verses 13 and 14. Mm. In Isaiah. Yes. Yeah. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Keep Christ Jesus holy. Mm. There's no one but him. He is the only means of salvation. I, I exalt him as holy, sanctified, because he is the only means of salvation you have. There are not many paths, there's one path. Absolutely. And that's through his word. He says, don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath. So I, I don't have the right to choose whichever deity I believe or theology I believe is the right. Mm-hmm. Jesus already the father has declared who who is this who the savior is and, and that's Christ Jesus so me keeping the Sabbath holy is exalting who Christ is exalting him as the exclusive okay. savior and he says and speak of of it the Sabbath with delight as the Lord's holy day so speak of the Son as the Father's delight. Hmm. Honor the Son in everything that you do. See how it transforms That's that.
2: Fabulous, yeah. So it's it's kind of it's almost saying that, because I'm just curious, do you all with when with the Sabbath, do you all all just like do church and and I'm just, you know, you don't have to say it if you don't want to, but um what I was interpreting it at was more like that last thing that you said, that we should just, whatever we do, honor God within that. Not necessarily like just being still, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's like, what's
0: the beginning
2: verses again? Well,
0: Going back to what he talks about fasting, as true fasting as being. says, What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. Then he says, verse 5, going down to verse 6, he says, No, this is the kind of fasting I want. Mm-hmm. Then he talks about, and he says, Free those who are wrong and imprisoned, Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry. Give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And do not hide from relatives you who need your help.
1: Well, and this fits right in, you know. This concept of Sabbath, being Jesus Himself, it fits right in with Jesus's experience when the the Pharisees blasted him for healing on the Sabbath, and and he <laughs> he chose to heal and said that you know, is it not better to give life? Because he was alive. I mean he he was he was the center, right? Of that.
0: And the Pharisees always tried to come at Jesus for breaking the Sabbath.
2: Mm.
1: Or eating on the Sabbath, you know, when his disciples were eating and picking the grain. Right. And Jesus I think it was more like pulling the green uh, rather yeah. than
2: really eating. It was the actual, was the they actual they were work. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, and they were thinking mental work and, or physical work or something.
2: But then he doesn't right. he talk about like if your ox went into a ditch, you you would be pulling <laughs> pulling him out on the Sabbath or something like that. Exactly. Somewhere in one of the scriptures. Because again
1: it's back to that concept that love is the the answer yeah. to the law. Mm. And love is Jesus. So it all keeps coming back to him every time. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. So at the end of the day, he is the center of everything. He's the center. And
1: And um, that's, I guess, how we determine even our um, decisions at the moment. Is Christ really in the center of this decision at the moment?
0: Matthew 12, verses 3 through 8 says, in the New Living Translation, it says, Jesus said to them, hold on, I'm gonna go back to verse two. He says, but some Pharisees saw, the no, I'm, I'm gonna start the whole, we read the whole chapter. Let I me mean, <laughs> I mean, start at verse one. Yeah, It says, at, at that time, Jesus was walking through some grain fields on the Sabbath. Okay, so he's on Saturday, right? Right. He's walking through grain fields. His disciples were hungry. So they began breaking off some hairs of grain and eating them. But some Pharisees saw them do it and protested. Look, your disciples are breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath. Verse 3, Jesus said to them, haven't you read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God and he and his companions broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat. And haven't you read in the law of Moses that the priests on duty in the temple may work on the Sabbath? Verse 6, I tell you, there is no one here who is even greater than the temple. But you would not have condemned my, my innocent disciples if you knew the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy and not, not offer sacrifices. Verse mm-hmm. 8, for the Son of Man is the Lord even of the Sabbath. So you people get caught up in all of the little tit for tat stuff.
1: Mm.
0: You know. But it's, it, it Jesus is it's broadening the picture. He is Lord yeah. even of the Sabbath. Because he himself is the true Sabbath rest mm. for the people of God. Here Hebrews 4, 9 and 10 says, so there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world.
1: And entered into his rest is entering into Jesus.
0: And what did Jesus say? All you are burdened Burdened and heavy laden, enter. Come to me, and I will give you
2: rest come to
0: him mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. he is so in all this Sabbath fighting back and forth at the end of the day Jesus is the Sabbath rest. what are you doing with him what are we doing with him yeah how do we esteem him so that's how you really know whether you're keeping the Sabbath or not mm.
1: <laughs> At the end of the day, Sabbath is 24 7,
0: 365. That's right. That's right. And don't let me see. All right. Well, I'm going to quote that, that last bit of scripture. I'm gonna start at verse 25 and then down to verse 30 and I'm at Matthew eleven. Matthew chapter eleven verses twenty-five down to verse thirty says in the New Living Translation. At that time Jesus prayed this prayer O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it please you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light.
2: So what do you take the word yoke to mean there?
0: If you look at it in context, so if back in that, that culture, for you to take on the yoke of a rabbi or the teacher,
2: mm-hmm.
0: it, it means for you to come up, come, come under their teaching. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. So now, when you look at the word yoke, what it is, it's like this this thing that ties oxen together. Right. right? So it's a big block. Like just imagine two big cows or bulls or whatever, and connected together
2: okay
0: by the in, in this yoke it goes around their head so you got one one here on this side and one on the other side
2: mm.
0: right so you kind of have
2: to walk together
0: so they have to walk together they're yeah. yoked right together right getting that image in your head he says take my yoke upon you and learn from me so me and us being yoked together with him I'm keeping myself connected to to him, Mm. to his finished work, to what he told me, to what he said about himself and who I am in him. He says, my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. So John 15, he talks about abiding in him. That's our yoke
1: for mm. to rest
0: and to stay connected with him
1: mm. like psalm 91 right at the beginning mm. all the way through
0: <laughs> that's it yeah yeah and see and, and as i do that that's what's going to help keep me safe from the adversity of the world the persecution mm. the distractions of this life they try to get the word out of me To keep it from being
1: productive. Link it back to Romans and Galatians. um, You know, talks a lot about the yoke of slavery, which is the law. So, the yoke of Jesus would be grace, then.
0: There you go.
1: Because that's always the parallel, or the opposites, rather.
0: So we we go from being a prisoner of sin to a prisoner of righteousness.
1: Yes, yes,
0: that's what the Lord did for us. Mm-hmm. All right, social media family. Well, our our normal in in person crowd, y'all missed it tonight. So y'all got y'all got to get on this app <laughs> and, and catch this this episode. All right, we'll, we'll see you in a couple weeks. You a good